And now it's time for the TOT Cast with your hosts, Chris O'Kranitz and Ryan Greco. And welcome to the TOT Cast here on the Fan Sided Network. I am your host, Ryan Greco, and I'm joined by my co-host today, Chris O'Crane. It's always be sure that you can hit us up on Twitter at Tip of the Tower. You can also reach me personally at Ryan Greco 416. You can reach Chris O'Crane. at Chris O'Crane. And always be sure to like our Facebook page. And today we have a very special guest co-host. It is the Toronto Argonauts' very own wide receiver, Nate Ajay. How are you doing? Welcome to the cast. I'm doing phenomenal, Ryan. I'm excited to be here with you guys and uh, ready to get this thing rolling. Now, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. I'm uh, excited to be in studio here with Natea J. It's a pleasure to have him to take some time to speak with us. And I know for a fact that uh, it's been a long day for all of us <laughs> here in the studio. We're actually uh, we're recording this on a uh, Wednesday night here in the beautiful city of Toronto. And... Uh, we're all starting to see a couple of heavy eyes. We've got uh, the War Eagles number one fan right here in the backdrop. Uh, Alex. Alex Williams. Williams. Hell yeah. So who wants to get this ball rolling today? Because uh, I think it's a, it's a very special occasion now that we have Nate and Alex present. So, uh, Chris, your thoughts on whatever it is that you want to start off the show with. Well, I thought we'd uh, get started here with the Raptors since they're on a 4-0 start, about to kick off this road trip with their big W in yes, Dallas yes. last uh, last night. And now they're in Oklahoma City tonight. The game's currently going on, so don't mind us if we are unsure of the result that happens. But They lost. <laughs> Is it over? No, it's still going on. No, I know it's going on. Oh, I'm, just, just I'm making the prediction they lost. I'm assuming they're going to lose. Ah, you never know, man. You never know, keep man. It going. But, I mean, they're off, to a, they're off to a real hot start right now, 4-0, playing some better ball. Um you guys' thoughts on the season so far? It's been it's been interesting. It's been nice to see JV kind of get out there. Mm-hmm. Lowry's playing better. Uh, kind of had a rough night last night, but he picked it up down the stretch, which seems to be a theme for him now. Right. Big second halves. Uh, what do you guys think about it? Uh, you know, I've watched every game this year, and one of the things I noticed from last year is their defense has picked up tremendously. They got le- legit stoppers. Like, uh, you know, Demary Carroll was a big offseason addition, and, you know, mm-hmm. he's coming in, and you can see, I saw, I was watching the Pacers game, and Paul George could not get his game going because Demary Carroll was all over him. So that's the, one of the biggest things I've seen. JV's obviously matured playing Euroball. He's, uh, you know, he's confident. He's demanding the ball, which is big for a center, and he's delivering, so he's giving his teammates confidence in, in him. Uh, Lowry, he's doing his thing. He's uh, commanding the offense. DeRozan's going to be solid, give you, uh, you know, 20, 21 points per game. And, you know, one, one, another big thing I noticed is Scola. Man, that guy could ball. I saw him a little bit in the – Spacing? The, yeah, spacing. The, I saw him a little bit in the FIBAs. The guy is, a, you know, a European legend. And uh, to have some uh, veteran leader like that and, uh, you know, who has savvy, who could score inside out, you know, it's big for this team. You know, it's, it remains to be seen how far they can go, but it's definitely promising. Ryan? Settle down over there, Nate. You're trying to take our jobs from us here. <laughs> With all of that analysis and opinions. <laughs> it's interesting, man. It's, it's very interesting watching this team, especially being a fan of them. It's, 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 it's a promising for sure. Absolutely. And I think um, uh, building on what you're saying, it's a, uh, this team is definitely – well, first off, they, they made history. They made history. Uh, 4-0, never happened before. And was it 21 seasons now for the Toronto Raptors? Now, I don't know if that's – a thing to be proud of, per se? Or, or is, does it just kind of speak to the futility of the franchise as a whole when it comes to their performances on the court? But, I mean, that's neither for here or there to say. But I would say that uh, based off of everything I've seen so far with this team is it definitely looks like a group that's very... Um, they, they like each other. They like each other. You can tell, like, from the first day. They, they brought in nothing but good character guys. Um, everybody here wants to be a part of something special. They they saw the success the Raptors had in the regular season last year. Franchise record 49 wins. They've started off this year with a franchise record 4-0. Um, they're definitely on the right track. And I'm, I'm very curious to see how it's going to be handled in Oklahoma City, how they're going to be able to uh, continue with this momentum when eventually when this, when this cast airs, uh, what the result will be. Because, you know, if there's ever going to be a test, now is the test for these guys to go up against uh, Westbrook and Durant when these guys are so happy to be together once again after all the troubles Durant had last year. So, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of interesting things to kick off the NBA season for once. You know, something interesting I found that you brought up there, Ryan, was how you said this team likes each other. Uh, both of you guys have played pro sports. 
they're kind of kicking off a long road trip here, and the road is kind of seen as a place where teams come together. They bond, they do all that. Do you guys think this early season road trip is going to help the team build some camaraderie and chemistry even more? Absolutely. I mean, speaking from experience, anytime you have a, you know, a big trip, you know, to the West Coast, it, it definitely builds, you know, camaraderie. You know, you're not at home. Guys after practice don't just go home. You know, they had they're forced to hang around each other. So, you know, you're forced to kind of be around each other and get to know each other just a little bit more than you would if you were at home. And you know, it brings you together. You know, you get on the court, and you're able to. You know, trust guys a little bit more. You're able to, you know, l- play for each other a little bit more. So, you know, it never hurts going on a, a a West Coast trip. You know, if it builds, you know, the team camaraderie a little bit for later in the season, then I'm, I'm all for it. I'm I'm excited to see what comes out of this. Well, first things first. Nate has played real professional sports. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make that clear to our listeners. It sounded cool when Chris said it, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I was sitting there. Me. I was like, I was like, both you guys. I'm like, wait, wait, Alex. Wait, uh, wait. But first, how do you, how do you, how do you describe someone who's played professional sports? Like, what, what does it take to play professional sports? Like, like you just get paid, or like what, what goes into? It? What um, well, I'll put it this way: when I was playing uh, quote unquote professional sports, I was playing in the Pecos League. For anybody. That would want to know uh, the Pecos League. I played professional baseball. Well, like I said, quote unquote. <laughs> For uh, anyone who's ever seen that show, uh, the uh, what was it? Uh, it was literally called the Pecos League, and it just followed around this independent baseball team that plays in the Pecos League, and they. Uh, it just kind of showed you how bush league it was, to be perfectly honest, and uh, that's exactly the what I experienced. So the idea of actually getting paid. Uh, I lost money. <laughs> staying, I, don't, I don't think that's professional. Staying, staying down there. They called it a professional league, and they did technically give me money. Oh, However, man. I had to save up to go down there. All it really felt like was a glorified baseball vacation, yeah. to be perfectly honest. Well, since you said it's kind of like Bull Durham by the sounds of it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Bull Durham. Bull Durham had it nice. Let me make that clear right now. So, man. I mean, guys love to play pranks on the road. Right. You got any good prank stories to tell you about road trips? Hmm, good prank stories. I got a few. I, I don't I mean football is is not really a game of, of, of pranks like that. It's almost like because it's not like that much downtime. Like baseball would be a, a great prank sport, but football not so much. But you know, I know of, I'm not gonna say any names or anything, but I've seen guys kind of you know take the icy hot. And you know, kind of prank guys by either putting in their jock straps or putting it oh, behind man. their helmet. That's and, just and mean. That that is mean, but you know, you have to do something serious to deserve that. But if uh, if if they so put they it the behind rules. your helmet, that that's almost the worst because you, you don't know what's happening. You almost think <laughs> you're, you're, it's almost a sensation. You almost think you're sick. You think, man, what's going on behind my head? And then you rub you rub the back of your head. So I'll explain it a little bit better. So the prank goes. Guys will take Icy Hot. Okay, and, hold on. Before you continue yeah. to say, sorry, but is there any way you can try and elaborate what said person did to deserve Icy Hot? Well, yeah. It's, it, it was literally the guy was was literally the, the kind of the team bully. So, like, you know, he sees you, you know, he'll kind of trip you or he'll pinch you. And I just remember this guy just getting getting fed up. It's like, man, I'm, I'm going to get him. Because this, this other guy was the kind of guy that would steal your phone and put, like, inappropriate pictures as your, you know, display picture. Oh, no. or, or, like, text your oh, no. gr- girlfriend something, like, really inappropriate. Oh, like, I'm going to go see another girl or, you know, something to get you in trouble that oh, you have to... Lord. Something you have to really explain, right? So that's the kind of guy that was... Guys, that, that your guy phones got. out there in the right. locker room. Jeez. Right, right. So... <laughs> So when this this prank goes, you know, the guy would, he'd grab some Icy Hot and, you know, put it in the back of your helmet, right? So you wouldn't see it. You'd grab your helmet, getting ready to go to practice, put your helmet on, and then, you know, midway through practice, you'll start to feel those little sensations in the back of your neck. And you don't know where it's coming from or how it got there. You'll, you know, you'll rub your head, but by, time, by that time, there'll be sweat on your, on your, on your neck. So, like, it all just, like, meshed together, and you'll have no idea what's going on. That's almost the worst one because there's nothing you could do about it. That's, that sounds like. It's not fun. No. It's not fun. No, it's not. Well, before we delve too far off into pranks yeah. and uh, icy hot stories about your neck, <laughs> what did you guys think about Terrence Ross? He got a new new three-year, one-year-plus option afterwards, contract extension. So um, three years, 33 mil, plus an option. What did you guys think about 
Uh, you know, and that's honestly to lead into what Nate was saying. When you're on the road and you're, um, you know, you're hanging out with, uh, with everybody, uh, sorry, with everybody like that in that intimate relationship, you can almost imagine that every now and then contracts and money must be brought up, right? I think, that's, you, I think that's normal. I, I think so too. Like I don't know the table. What did you think about something like that? Is that something that's ever discussed? Yeah, like someone help me out here. I'm trying to figure yeah, out the well, right way to say it. <laughs> well, a guy like Terrence Ross gets 11 mil. So you, you I'm, I'm DeRozan, you, yeah. and I'm getting 10 mil right, right now. Contractor right. coming up. Right. If T. Ross is worth 11, what right. am I going to get? Does things yeah, like that come? That's up? that's human nature. You know, obviously, you see a guy get a new contract, and then you immediately think. How does this relate to me? How does you know he's the kind of player you you see him as this kind of player, and then you, you immediately compare yourself to to, to for him to yourself, and so you see that you know he's getting paid this amount, x amount, and then you you start to do the math. Well, he could do this, this, and this, but I could do this, and this, and this. So you know maybe I deserve you know x amount more than him. That's human nature for sure. Guys are thinking about that. DeRozan, he's probably. Talking to his, some of his best friends on teams that he knows that you know things won't really get out and cause a riff. He's like, man, did you see that new deal? You know, psh, I'm gonna get paid, right? So you know, you know, <clears throat> you know, people oh, yeah. talk all the time, you know, and and you don't obviously do it to 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 maliciously, but like when you have you know some of your best friends on the team, you'll definitely have like you know t- talks with them. And I bet you anybody, DeRozan's talking to his agent. His agent's probably hitting him up like, you know. Demar, you see this? We're, we're, you're going to get paid this summer. What did you see? What Boogie tweeted out? Demarcus Cousins. He said, well, "Yes, if he's getting that, I right, mean, right." Boogie's got to kind of mind his own business a little bit now. Right. Everybody's getting a new deal. <laughs> he forgets that it's the new TV contracts kicking in, and everybody's getting paid. Right. Who was it that he said he, about that? Uh, he said it literally about everybody. I mean, he yeah, said about Terrence Ross. Anybody who's got a contract recently, that's Tristan Thompson. That's yeah. who it was. I'm uh, sure. Tristan Thompson through my brain. One. Yeah, he cooked Tristan Thompson. Yeah. He's yeah. He just said if he's that. You know, I don't know he, what the hell I'm worried. He's, he's, he's just on. speaking his mind. I mean, you know, he he probably doesn't understand the logistics that the salary cap is going up, uh, new well. TV money coming in. You know, with that being said, you know, it's human nature. Guys putting a lot of work to get to the position they're in, and they just want to see their efforts being compensated for. And if you see a guy that is doing less than you are, it, you know, you kind of take it to heart that he's getting paid more than you are because you almost see it as unfair and and not just so with uh boogie uh speaking his mind out i kind of i understand where he's coming from and it's human nature but sometimes you got to keep that stuff uh in-house because you know he's gonna get his time there's no doubt about that absolutely of course so is terrence ross worth this contract or are the raptors severely overpay here well i i think just based off of everything that we've seen the production from terrence ross over the last few years since he came into the league um the um it really just looks like it's a combination of them banking on his potential because he still is only about 20, was it 23, 24 years old right now? Yeah, third year in the league. Third year in the league. So he isn't exactly what he will become just yet. Uh, he still has a little bit of that potential, but I mean, the clock's ticking. Like, we'll know by the end of the year what he really is. And I think a lot of the, a lot of the other half, and I think the most major part, touching on what you both were discussing earlier, is, is the contracts, the salary caps going up. You yeah. can spend money like that on guys that you've invested all these years into. You know, they've, they've given him chance after chance in the sense of whether it's the starting lineup, the touches on the ball. He's shown flashes of brilliance at times. Every article I've read the last two days, three days, about him re-signing or the, was he going to get an extension or all of these sort of things, they always bring up the 51-point game. But then they also bring up the fact that, you know, he was an afterthought on the team last year when mm-hmm. everyone expected him to blow up. Right. Now, with that being said, now the guys who are generally going to take the touches away from him are now off the team. Mm-hmm. It shows that they have definitely taken that investment to heart when it comes to Terrence Ross because you have Lou Williams gone now, you have Grievous Vasquez, and those were shoot-first guys who were quote-unquote point guards. Mm-hmm. I don't really believe either one of them were really point guards in the way that they were basically the amount of points they were even scoring. But I say all that to say this. At the end of the day, is Ross worth it? We don't know right now. We're going to find out by the end of the year, at the earliest. I like that, Ryan. And, <clears throat> I mean, to kind of piggyback off that, we all know what kind of GM Masai Jury is. You know, we know him as a guy that, you know, doesn't over overpay for players, doesn't, you know, understands what kind of talent guys have. And, you know, he has a proven track record. And I, I'll go with Masai. You know, I believe in him. You know, all his moves he's made, you know, have proven to work out. And if he's made a bad move, such as uh, maybe Lou Will, they aren't back. So, you know, 
I, I trust in Masai, and you know, with this, with that being said, this deal is we're gonna find out very very shortly that it's gonna it's gonna pay off. I, I'm banking on it paying off, and uh, you know, I'm riding with Masai. Yo, I got a quick question for both of you actually. Um, who's a better fit for this team, Corey Joseph or Lou Williams, Chris? Corey Joseph is not even a question. Not a question. Yeah, not it's a not question. a question. It's in basketball. You Despite need despite winning six man of the year. Yeah, no. Corey Joe's still and a guy. Corey Joe's a guy who's never averaged more than five points or four assists yeah, in a no, game. No. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Still doesn't a better matter. fit. All yeah. around. I agree with Chris. Facilitator you know. too. I mean, right. he does what you want at the second unit guard. Right. I don't need you to heave up 12, 13 shots off the bench. <laughs> and also, have you seen Lou will play defense? <laughs> He literally gives up as much points as he he scores for you, and, and you know six man of the year. All about that. Six man of the year is all. It's all. It's almost a popularity contest. People see him putting up shots, putting up uh, numbers, you know, scoring points, but they don't see the little things that a guy does. You know, spacing the floor, spreading the ball around, coming up and providing leadership. You know, you don't see stuff like that, and that's something that Corey Joseph is going to provide this team. And you know, it's going in playoff time. That's going to take you a lot further than you know a guy coming in scoring you know you know ten points in thirteen minutes, but also giving up his fair share as well. So you know. Chris? No, I'd agree. I mean, uh, I hate to backtrack a bit here, but something else to keep in mind with Terrence Ross and Messiah Jury is Messiah Jury is not afraid to trade players he just recently signed. Right. When he signed Nene in Denver and he kind of realized it was a botched deal, mm-hmm. he traded him out of Denver faster than he could even sign on the dotted line. Right. So if Ross doesn't work out here, I think for as much as it's about signing him, it's also about controlling him. Mm-hmm. It's an asset now. It's a contract that with the, the salary cap going up, he can move at any time because financially it's a lot easier for them to juggle and match numbers with. Mm-hmm. For what Ross was making before the three mil, it, it's hard to move that because teams that are in tight cap space that don't have the bird rights like the Raptors do with him, they couldn't sign him. Or teams now that are trying to fill out cap space, they can afford to take on a guy like Ross because it helps them reach this, the floor. Mm-hmm. So I think the contract with him, it helps in two ways. It helps controllability and it also helps in terms of their bench depth right now because, right. like you guys were saying, that's a big who thing. knows what the ceiling is. That's that's a big point of the bench depth. Like, if Terrence Ross isn't isn't signed past this year, who, who's going to take those shots that are now left open from Grievous and uh, Lou Will leaving? So I feel like you know they're banking on his potential, but they also know that he's going to have a huge opportunity this year to prove himself. You know, he's the number one, almost a sixth man this year coming off the bench. He's going to be counted on to lead that second unit you know, in points and uh, production, the, in terms of uh, Terrence Ross, he he plays defense and he understands how to uh, how to position himself to you know be a stopper. Well, even worst case scenario, before all the cap holes next year, before all of that, they're going to have a lot of cap space to work with here for next summer. Let's say they let everybody walk, DeRozan, Scola, yeah. the whole nine yards. They're going to have about sixteen million dollars in cap space to work with in the off season, and that's just at the minimum cap floor. Add in the bird rights, add in all the things that they can have some flexibility with. And is Ross's contract really that bad then? Because like you're saying, he's a, an okay defender, off the ball, on the ball, kind of just taking out guys in the playoffs. Like Ryan's saying, he still hasn't his potential, so we have him for a little bit longer. And we have some money still. So is this really bad? I don't, I don't think so. I think I kind of agree with you, too, that it's, it's, it's a fair deal for, what he, for where he's at in his career. Yeah. All right, moving on now, gentlemen. Uh, Speaking, we're, we'll, we'll stay within the organization, though. Um, recently, uh, the Raptors affiliate, their NBDL affiliate, brand new, team hasn't even started a season yet, Raptors 905 playing out of the Hershey Center in our very own Mississauga. Um, they released their jersey today. They're home and aways. Uh, it's kind of, in my opinion, a mishmash between um, a house league jersey and a soccer jersey without, You're not a big without fan, sleeves. Huh? I'm... <laughs> I that's just my that's uh, honest to god my opinion. Your thoughts, gentlemen? What do you think? I'm looking at it right now, and dude, it's a it's a mix up between a Vancouver Grizzlies jersey with a Man U logo I, I with EPL see, on the front. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I understand that you know, but you know, I'm just thankful we have an MBDL team. Oh, you gotta, you gotta be you gotta I, go that we, we, great we, idea. I'm just thankful we have <laughs> a team. Let's I'm, just make it clear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm yeah, going to go to a few games. I'm going to go to a few games too, and you know, I mean. But that's like, come on. We really are we really complaining about jerseys though? Does, does anybody here even bank with BMO? No, I do. Well, I I have an I have I have I have negatives I have negatives in that account. But I mean, I still technically bank with them. Uh, all jersey size. I mean, like, what's the big deal? I mean, it's, it's about the product on the on on the court. 
Georgie's could be horrible, but as long as, you know, we have a, a product on the court that we can, you know, look forward to, us. I'm not mad I about just, that. Honestly, my whole beef to even begin with was, why didn't they just call the Toronto Huskies? I they like that. They, they could, but the, the team's in Mississauga. You can call it the Mississauga Huskies then. No, they're saving, that, they're saving that for select days where they... Uh, they they can bring that jersey back like they did a few years ago. They yeah. don't want to. You think they're they, actually they gonna bring it back though? We get to see. No, it. not not full time. I think they'll have a, a retro a retro night like they did with the you know the the purple Jurassic Park jerseys yeah. that, this year. And I don't know. I mean, it just it's it just seems like a bit of a wasted potential. But you know, I don't know. A few a few media people were talking about that when the when the team first came out. I just don't. I don't what's understand. What's general consensus right now, though? What are, what are, what's most people thinking right now? Um, it's a weird name, Raptors nine hundred five. But right. people are. From what I've talked to, is that it's it's easier. I know personally, it's easier for me to say each time. I just think it's a mouthful for a team that like you don't even have the city's name in it. It's just yeah. Raptors nine hundred five. But they're going with that whole the six theme. You know what I mean? The four one six. You know what I mean? So. You know, Drake started this whole thing of oh, can we all agree? Can we all agree? Yeah, I was about to thank you, Chris. Scarborough, it's not, it's not the six. It's Toronto. I know there's six bros. Yeah. Don't you think it's just Scarborough? Yeah. I rep the four. Okay. Yeah, it is what it is. But they're just going to hold that whole new, you know, the whole new uh, theme to try to piggyback off the six. So uh, it makes sense. To, to well, I think the that people are going to call them just the 905 eventually instead of just Raptors 905. It'll just be oh, 905 is playing. Right. Nine to five. I don't, I'm not mad about I'm that. I'm from that. Mississauga. I can live I with that. that. Well, it's funny you mentioned that you're from Mississauga. You know, we got you in studio. Yeah. So why don't we ask you a little bit about the Argos and what's going on there? Oh, we can do that. We can you're do cool that. talking yeah. some Argos? I can talk some Argos like all it. day. So you guys are gearing up for a playoff run. Yeah. Friday night's the last game of the season. And not only that, it's the last game ever to be played at the Sky Dome. Man. What's that like? To, to, to think about it, it's kind of surreal, man. Like, you know, you grow up you know, going to games. Uh, the, the Rogers Center or Skydome, like it was in the past, is, is very synonymous with the Argonauts brand. You know, it's it's one of the the whole atmosphere is is, is uh, derailed in the in the recent history because of you know changing ownerships and you know fans fans are not coming out as much. But you know, it's it's just surreal to think about that it's actually the last game. I mean, not too many people are gonna miss it. Uh, because you know we haven't had <clears throat> a lot of success. Um, it's pretty empty. In there, it's pretty empty. Fans. Yeah, success at Despite the Despite multiple great cups in the last couple of years. Yeah, you know when that place season. is full. When that place is full, it's rocking. But you know lately, you know we haven't had the most fan ten, uh, uh, tennis to come to the game, so it hasn't been as rocking as it, it could be. But why do you think people don't go to the games though? I just think it's a big city. You know, Toronto's a, a big city. Do. There's a lot to do. Um, so we have that Miami l- complex. Yeah, we have that Miami complex. But the thing about you know what, what's where we're missing is back in the day when Gretzky and, and John Candy owned the team, you know they were pushing it, man. You, everywhere you, you went, you know they're marketing players. They made it like a cool atmosphere to you know a, the thing to do to go to the Argonaut game. But now it's just it's not really it's not really like that unless you really like football you're not going to Argonaut game because you know you're not seeing commercials you're not seeing players in the you know being hyped up by the you know local media and stuff like that. It's so, true. Mm-hmm. Me so, and uh, me and Ryan we kind of felt like it was just a notch on MLSE's belt. Yeah, I remember Ryan was saying mm-hmm. that earlier. He wrote something about that mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like well look what we got. Uh, and also to be fair to that marketing group that they had back in the mid '90s, they also had stars. They yeah. were able to recruit they had Ismail, stars. Ismail, Ismail Rogers. He was on the team. Yeah. Uh, Pinball Clemens, who's Pinball. turned out to be one of the most um, most brilliant marketing personalities I have seen ever. come out of Toronto ever. Ever. Really? The man, when the man came, this he's an American. Yeah. He was born an American. He came here as a professional football player, yeah. and he stayed and ingrained himself so much into the. Uh, into the the city landscape. Yeah, he's that, Canadian now. I know he's yeah. a, he's officially Canadian citizen now. Not only that though, like he's made himself such a part of the city that when you think Pinball Clemens, you don't even necessarily think football anymore. You no. just think that's that's the man, pinball, that's the myth, Mike the Clemens. legend. Exactly, right. that's Mike <laughs> Clemens. He was a guy that we actually ran into playing pickup basketball at the Hershey Center a few years ago, and yeah. just. That nicest kind of man on earth, nicest. Man. dude, he's completely approachable. One yeah. of the nicest people I've personally ever met, yeah. especially somebody with that kind of 
um, level. It's crazy. Like, when you meet a guy like that and it's so important and, and so accomplished, you know, you think, man, it's a pleasure to meet this a guy like that. But he makes you feel like you're the most important person he's met all day. Absolutely. And that's, that's like, that's a testament to his character. And, uh, you know, there's not enough can be said about him. He's, he's just a wonderful human being. Yeah. And a blessed, I'm blessed that he's part of our organization and pushing us. But, you know, back to the to Rogers Center point, you know, you know, we are going to be sad to be leaving, but, you know, we're going to a good place. Uh, BMO, I took a tour the, the, a couple of weeks ago with uh, some of my teammates, and, you know, what they're building there is going to be truly special, and the, the fan experience is going gonna, is gonna to be top-notch. They, you know, the new owners, they're planning to make the Argo the Dallas Cowboys of, of the CFL, and that those were their words. They're trying to make this a destination spot for you know, free agents, uh, you know, and fans around the league. So, you know, look forward to big things that come out of BMO. You know, you're going to miss the Rogers Center, but, you know, BMO Field is going to be our new home and, and some, some a place we can, you know, call an actual home. Well, you say the Dallas Cowboys of the CFL. What did they use to kind of showcase it and show it off to say it's going to be like Jerry's World? Having been to Jerry's World, yeah, that that's the Taj Mahal of yeah, football. It's yeah. something else. Yeah, you know, obviously it can't be to that level because you know they're putting billions of dollars into into <laughs> Jerry's World, but you know they're doing as much as they can with what we have. So so what are they so doing what though? you can compare that to? You can compare what CFL teams have, and they're trying to be the best in the CFL. So for a lot of us that don't follow CFL right. too heavily, can you kind of enlighten us on the kind of things you're talking about here? So, you know, we're going to be playing on natural grass now. Uh, the, yeah, the, the, the heat, the, right. Time. The seats, the, the, the field is heated. So when it gets cold, you know, you know the crowd, the, you know, the, the playing field won't be really affected. You know, it'll be heated. The fans will be covered, you know, since we're outdoors, they'll be covered in case of inclement weather. Uh, we're going to have tailgating. They're gonna have tailgating really? for the first time since you know, the Argos moved to dry tailgate or <laughs> anything you want tailgate. <laughs> oh, <are> you sure? <laughs> anything you want tailgate. You know, the, and and one thing the owners are doing, they're polling the players to find out what is gonna make this the best for us and for the fans. So you know, players are coming up with ideas you know, that we've seen in other places and 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 that we know are are great ideas. So you know, we're just trying to make this the best experience for everybody uh, that's involved. I just want an ownership that's invested in these guys from what I've seen. Yeah. It's honestly like at, at the end of the day, you guys have came out. It's the oldest franchise in, in North American sports. Um, and it seemed like for a very long time that even ownership wasn't interested in that's the team, good point. Yeah. which is sad. It's yeah. very sad because it's that storied. Yeah. And uh, all I really want to see, even though, as, as I've said before, I really did think it's just another notch in the belt for MLSC, but it, we've seen how MLSC treats their players. And as far as performance goes, it's been sketchy, mm -hmm. but when it comes to amenities, mm -hmm. when it comes to putting together a great presentation, mm -hmm. something MLSC knows, they may not know the sports part that great, but they certainly know the entertainment. Oh, and I agree with that. Uh, one thing I can add is the ownership group that is involved with our team is, is amazing. Like, we've met these guys, they're, they're, they're visible, and, you know, I can tell you from first-hand experience, the... I haven't seen our old owner one time, like, and I'm not, no shots at him. I haven't met him, but even for team picture days, I haven't seen this guy. So with that being said, we just got new owners. I've seen these guys more times than I've seen like some some of my own family members. So they're they're visible, they're around, and they want to put the best product out there. And you know, there's no more exciting time than it is now to be at Argo. That's honestly speaking. I've I've, I've taught, I had teammates that've been Argos for a long time. And, you know, you know, we obviously have some shortcomings in the past, which, you know, we don't really need to get into. But, you know, they say they're, they've said that, you know, with this new ownership group, they can feel the energy. They can feel what we're about to have. And, you know, we're, like our GM said, we're going from the have nots to the haves. And it's going to happen very quickly. That's pretty bold for you guys to go from, well, at least for them to say that you're going from the have nots to the haves. Yeah. It's funny you said that they're going to take into player consideration or take like what players say into consideration for things like, let's say, the locker room. Right, right now in the Rogers Center, having, yeah, <laughs> having been there underneath in the locker rooms, you guys don't touch the holy grail that is the Blue Jays locker room. A lot of people don't know that. You no. guys don't use that. You use the visiting team's locker room. Right. Have you got a chance to see the new locker room you'll be walking into at BMO? Actually, I have. We took a tour, like I said, the, uh, two weeks ago. 
and you know it's, it's still under construction. Uh, they haven't been able to you know fully get into it because uh, TFC was playing. But you know we seen we saw the site that you know the new locker room is going to be on, and you know they're very excited about it. They they want to make it as player friendly as possible. And as a player, that's all you can ask for. You know, an ownership group that cares about you and that want, wants to cater to you. And they just want to—they they just want to treat us like the professional athletes that we are. They want to give us everything we need, and mm-hmm. you know that's just a, not like a, the Pecos League. <laughs> no, and that's a welcoming <laughs> sight, man. I tell you, it's—it's it's very exciting time. Like I said, like what a time to be alive. Like, <laughs> <laughs> to be alive. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, player personnel, um, as as. Uh, Anyone who's been following uh, the CFL knows that Ricky Ray was out for a considerable time this season. And uh, Trevor Harris has done uh, an outstanding job keeping you guys in the playoff picture throughout the entire season. And uh, so with Ricky Ray now back in the fold, uh, I mean, this is a guy who won won a great cup for the Argos. You know, he's he's there. He's the bona fide starter. And I've always... Hall of Famer, too. Very true, very true. And uh, one of the things that I've uh, I've always known from football unless you're coached by Jim Harbaugh, is that you don't lose your uh, job to injury. Right. You, you're given the opportunity to come back and prove, even if the backup has performed as well as they have. Right. For the most part. For, for the, the most, most part. part. Obviously, you know, obviously there's, there's, right. con- there's exceptions, there's, right? Yeah. But uh, speaking on that, uh, Ricky Ray and Trevor Harris, uh, being a guy on the inside and seeing the locker room, uh, how is their relationship? Is there any real controversy, or is, it, uh, or is everybody on the same page? There is zero controversy at all. Like, when... Uh, you know, obviously Ricky's a Hall of Famer, and when Trevor first, you know, got the job as a starter due to Ricky Ray being out, you know, he he accepted the role, but he knew full well that once Ricky came back, it was kind of you know his job, uh, Ricky's job, right? Um, they work really well together, Trevor and Ricky. You know, you can see the meetings. You know, they ask questions back and forth. They kind of, you know, you know, talk to each other just about the game plan and. You know they're always together. I mean, you know they, you know the, you see them eating dinner like on the road and stuff like that. So they're, you know, they have an interesting relationship where you know they're pretty tight and you know the this situation wasn't gonna you know put any rift between them at all. And I feel like it's only made them stronger to be honest with you. So yeah, and you know with that being said, Trevor, he's one of the best guys I've ever met. Like this guy is. You know, he's a religious guy. You know, he's a, he's a team guy, and he's a guy that's willing to do whatever it takes for the team to be successful. So, if that means him being a backup now, he's fully ready to accept that role and just do whatever it takes for us to win. And one thing that you know st- stood out to me when Trevor first took the job, he was like, "I just want to be the best backup quarterback in the history uh, for this team," and that that spoke very very uh, honestly about the kind of guy he is and you know yeah I was very impressed by the way he came in and took over and you know led us to where we are now you know it takes a, a special guy and he's been the same person the whole time so it's guys like that that help teams you know be successful so a lot of times with Ricky Ray in the offense or Trevor Harris when he was out they're going no huddle we're gonna do a little thing here we need to tell you where uh, we like to go no huddle ourselves and play a little game where we just uh, shoot off a bunch of rapid-fire questions at you. You, you cool with that? Yep. game. Let's go. All right, jumping right into it here on a first down. Best dressed player on the team? That That's a good question. And I'd have to give that to two people, Andre Dury and Chad Owens. You know, they're best friends, and they've really taken up the fashion, uh, fashion thing. And actually more Andre than Chad, but... I'd have to give it to to both of them if you don't mind. No, that's cool with me. Best road city to play in? I would have to say that's a good question. I have to say Vancouver is the best road city to play in because just because of the the sites that you can go see the best some of the best restaurants are out there. You know, it's a really cool vibe that that that's over there at the West Coast and. Uh, you know, there's nothing like it. You know, there are mountains. It's the only place where you can go skiing in one day and, and go to the beach in in the same day. So, uh, I'd say I'd say Vancouver is probably the number one city in uh, other than Toronto to play in. Scenery and city aside, best chirp you've ever heard from an opposing fan? I know the Riders fans can get a little crazy. So, what's the best yeah. chirp you ever heard? Man, there've been some good chirps this year. Uh, <laughs> the Riders have some great fans, and the fans that get on us. 
No, no. Before I get into the chirp, a funny situation with the riders this year. We were down big time, and they had this this one drunk guy that was you know so loud, just yelling chirps at our receivers, saying we couldn't do anything. And then late in the game, we come back, we we end up winning the game. That guy was quiet as a as a mouse. You know, you didn't hear a peep <laughs> from him, and all the receivers just looked at him like, "What? What now?" Oh <laughs> it was just gosh. it was a great moment. But uh, a, a funny chirp. Anything stand out? Yeah, a lot stand out, but the, you know, you know, the best <laughs> chirps you can't be, you, they can't be said on the air. Well, you I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys. Four letter word. Instead of actual four letter words, you stupid it was, four it was letter just a words. Fan <laughs> making yeah, fun of it, it was a fan making fun of one of our one of the people that you know was affiliated with our team. One of their were facial features. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here I'm gonna throw a couple more questions at you that are a little more personal per se. Places that are based off of your previous experience, yep. Honolulu or San Francisco. You had time to spend at University of Hawaii and at San Francisco Community College. Yeah. Which city? Ooh. I'd say if you if you were in a place for a long period of time, it would be San Francisco. But if you were just visiting a, a spot, it would be definitely be Honolulu for sure. But San Francisco, there's so much you could do. It's almost like uh, BC where it's just a multifaceted city. And you know, I'd, I'd say San Francisco just because of the – how, how many things you can get into uh, over there? Favorite restaurant to eat in Toronto, like your go-to. Mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you got somebody. Come on, man. We all if know it's Sunrise Caribbean yeah. food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Hey, you want hey, some of that curry goat and yeah, oxtail? Man, hey man, there's no place better to get oxtail than Sunrise, though. But that's a shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> they'll love you for that one. Uh, we want coupons, Sunrise. Do you hear us now? <laughs> Copa Cabana? Copa Cabana, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quality. A teammate of mine, Jonathan Hood, took me there because he, he knew the owner, man. And they, they really took care of me. So that's uh, that's definitely a go-to spot. You know, I love I love, I love love what they have to offer there. And, you know, the whole presentation there is pretty nice, if you know what I mean. Oh, I definitely know what you're saying. <laughs> well done. Man. Well done. Well said, gentlemen. Here, well we'll, said. we'll close it out. We'll pick up the tempo a little bit here. Really make it truly no huddle. No huddle. All right, let's go. Favorite route to run? Uh, well, I'll call it a diagonal. So it's basically, it's almost like a, a shorter post, but it's it takes you from one side of the field to the almost crossing the other side while you're gaining depth. It's my favorite route to run. I've caught a couple of those. You still play with the tail pad? <laughs> wow, a lot of guys no. take it out. No, I I play with as minimal pads as possible. I don't I don't even wear thigh pads or knee pads to be honest. No thigh pads, no knee pads. Not no. even the pee wee thigh pads, the no, little ones. No, no. I mean, this year they made a rule that made it mandatory. So my like my thigh pads are you know minimal, minimal. Best piece of free equipment you've gotten so far from either Buffalo or Toronto or anywhere you've been? Oh, I that's easy. Buffalo. They're still giving me stuff, so I'd say gloves and cleats, you know, tools of the trade. So I went on the road. Best hotel? Um, Kind of recommendations? The Hilton. Yeah. You guys are fancy. You guys stay in the Hilton? We stayed in the Hilton before, and I tell you what, if I could live there, I would. Is that the MLSE budget, or is that the (laughs) old owner budget? You know, it's funny. It was the old budget. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right on for him, then. That's accommodating the players. Love the budget. And that was the no huddle with Toronto Argonauts wide receiver, Nate Ajay. Booyah. Moving forward, gentlemen. Uh, but we're staying on football, so we're going we're gonna to have some fun with this right now. The Buffalo Bills, Natay's yeah. namesake city, being yeah. a proud University of Buffalo uh, alumni. There, yeah, I practiced there a few times. Even I played got, in the Ralph. Yeah, exactly. I got a, exactly. a, few, a few friends that you know, are on that team and played for that team. So, so mm-hmm. I kind of get the vibe. You got some uh, inside information on what's yeah. going on with Buffalo and yeah. Sexy Rexy's group. <laughs> Yeah, you can say that a bit. You can say that a bit. So what is going on with the Bills, guys? I mean, coming off the bye here, yep. they're beat up, they're injured, they're underachieving. People are starting to grow impatient with Rex Ryan. They're thinking his whole, we're going to get in here, we're going to bully you, right. we're going to run you over is old, and it's just worn out, and the team is, quite frankly, on the verge of being in shambles. Yeah, one thing that I've noticed from the Bills and watching them a little bit this year is their penalties. Like they've, they've overnight turned to the... Oakland Raiders. It's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> they they're taking so many penalties and it's just killing them. They just I feel like they need to be more disciplined and that's that'll take them a, a long way. Do you fe- go ahead? Go oh, ahead. Sorry. Well, they're saying took the words right out of my mouth as far as uh, the term undisciplined and 
uh, for the long for the longest time, the New York Jets had that uh, reputation when they were uh, when, yeah. when when Rex Ryan was there. When Rex was there, yeah. all it was was it was just a whole lot of uh, job popping, and there was there was almost nothing to back it up, save one or two years where they made it to the AFC Championship game. Um, and I think it's also the the most glaring mistake and the most glaring s- and the and the biggest sin that Rex Ryan has committed in his coaching career, in my opinion, is the fact that he always just seems to find a way to share a division with the Patriots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah. Like, I think he's anywhere in any other division in football, everyone's has a lot more respect for him. Everyone has. If he coaches in any other division in football, yeah. as opposed to that dynasty that has been running roughshod on the right. league for the last 15 years, uh, he would definitely have a little bit more um, sway in what he says because at the end of the day, He's not a bad coach. No, he is not. He's he's a especially he's, a defensive coach. Yeah, he, he's definitely not a bad defensive coach. And uh, when he has defensive personnel, he, he definitely thrives. And players like him from players what I've heard. Love him. They love him. Players he's a players coach. Him. He's a player coach he, to a max. Exactly. And I honestly, I still think there's plenty of time for him to be able to put it together in Buffalo. It's just yeah, you know but, what. He, sometimes when a when a guy is put in a situation where he knows he has the best defense in football, he's going to get a little ahead of himself. He's going to need the time to adjust and figure it out. I mean, Chris, what do you think? Well, I mean, defensively, he's trying to get them to do things that doesn't really match up with his personnel. He's notorious for creating mismatches with the personnel he has in place. Dropping guys like Mario Williams and Jerry yeah. Hughes into coverage is not going to work. Jerry Hughes got cut from Indianapolis because he was he's not a 3-4 linebacker. He's not even a 3-4 D-end. He cannot play that. You can't ask him to play three or five technique and hold the C gap and mm-hmm. basically be a a gap holder. He's he's a pass rusher through and through. That's what he's there for. That's why he's making nine to ten mil a season. Yeah, I getting mean, him to like not do that is kind of creating problems. Right, and you're kind of putting guys in situations that they're not built to thrive in. It's kind of like M. D. Asimov when he went to Philadelphia years ago. He was a press man corner. Yeah, that's all he could play. You're gonna make example. him play zone. You're gonna make him play off man trail technique. He got scorched. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah, and he's running into trouble right now with that. That he's getting these guys to do things that, quite frankly, they don't do. And when they do do them, they don't do them well. Right. So it's putting them in a lot of precarious situations where, how do you expect them to succeed when they've never done it before or they seldom do it? Right. Then that's just one situation of a, uh, you know, a coach not putting his players in the best position. But, you know, Rex is a guy that's been doing this for years. You know, he 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 usually has stout defensive guys and guys that, you know, he can put in positions to succeed. And for some reason or another, that's not happening right now. I'm sure he'll get it figured out. They had a bye week to to get things ironed out. Uh, uh, you know, I kind of saw a reporter, Martin Williams, speaking out a bit. And I'm sure they, they'll get ironed out. And, and you'll see a better team coming up. You know, I'm confident that they got so much talent on that team, and you know it is a long year, uh, but I, I I have a feeling they'll figure it out. Like Ryan said, I mean it's not good being in a division with Tom Brady. He, you know, he almost he's almost guaranteed to to win that division. So right now they just gotta find a way to you know get on a little roll, get some guys back healthy, and and you know and, and get get going. You know what I mean? Because you know this football doesn't wait for anybody. Now, going from coaching now to uh, basically the second coach, the coach on the field, I guess you could say, and the quarterback. Uh, I'm a casual fan mm-hmm. of the NFL. I, I I know a little bit. Of, I know enough about football and enough about sports to know who's good, who's bad, when a situation is good, and when a situation can get ugly for whatever team it is. I don't try and claim to be a football guru. However, I say that to say this: when I first heard of Tyrod Taylor mm-hmm. being named the starting quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, the first thought in my head was who. Right, right. I had no idea who this guy was whatsoever. Right. All I had heard was some a few snippets on ESPN about how he's uh, he's been bouncing around in the league as a backup quarterback, right. uh, seeing different systems and sets, and then he started playing. And what we saw in him was a guy who, basically, what we were talking about off air with you, Nate, is is the fact that he really approaches every situation, mm-hmm. uh, wanting to be the best. Now, it's one thing to say that you hear that phrase and that statement thrown around a lot in professional sports but we also all hear everybody in this room knows a couple of people in their lives who have all the talent but they enjoy speaking to a point that we were all discussing earlier they enjoy the benefits that come with their talent as opposed to enjoying the hard work that comes to being talented right if that makes sense right 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 given that this qb dilemma that the buffalo bills now face between tyra taylor and ej manuel Let's say, walk some of our 
listeners through what that situation and scenario is like on an NFL team or a professional football team. Right. And what's at stake for both of these gentlemen and what they should be expecting of themselves. Right. Um, right now, I mean, it's not really a QB dilemma per se. Tyrod Taylor is the guy. You know, he won the job Absolutely. Out, of, out of camp. And uh, he's a guy for a reason. And, like, for some of the reasons you said, this guy's a tireless worker. You know, I've, uh, you know, come across some guys on my team that have, you know, trained with him in the offseason. And they all say the same thing about him. You know, this guy wants to be the best at everything he does. Uh, I can recount a story where, you know, guys have two-day workouts in, uh, in this, before the season training in Arizona. And <clears throat> in between workouts, Tyrod would go off and do a third workout. No, no. So he was pretty much doing three days, and the trainer there was getting mad at him because he's like, "Man, you're gonna you're gonna ruin the what I have going on." But that just shows to show you how much how, how great this guy wants to be. And you know, talking to guys that have you know come been around him, and they, they're not surprised. No, they're saying, they're not surprised at all that this guy's a you know starting quarterback and he's doing some of the things he's doing this year. You know it's bad and when the the football when you've got a football instructor mad at you because right, he's you want to do more hard. right <laughs> you know you right. got something because football going guys there. <laughs> you know they work you to the ground right? exactly so that just goes to show you the kind of guy that Tyrod Taylor is and you know in contrary you know guys aren't really surprised that you know EJ is in in the situation he's in you know guys that I've talked to you know know EJ and ask him man this guy's got you know the tools to be successful like what's going on and. They're just like, man, that's just EJ, and that's a, that's what he's always been. I mean, he's he's kind of, you know, I don't want to you know, expose too much, but he's kind of, you know, he's comfortable. I mean, he was a first-round pick, right? He's uh, a he got guy his that, money on draft got, day is what you're trying right. to say. At times. Um, you know, he's he's always been the guy wherever he's been, right? And and Tyrod, on a, on a contrary to that, he's always been the guy that had to work for everything he had, mm-hmm. right? So that's it's, it's starting to show right now. And, you know, it's, to say it's a dilemma, it's not really a dilemma. Once Tyrod gets healthy, he'll be back starting, and he'll continue to show why, you know, the Bills have so much faith in him and why it was so obvious that coming out of camp that he was the number one guy. The uh, I, I think it's fair for you to say that uh, briefly about EJ is that, you know, it may not so much be that he, he may just be, in a, in a sense, you know, no one likes to make excuses for anybody else in this world, but... He might just be a victim of his earlier success. And as you said, mm-hmm. the idea of him being comfortable is something that's – it happens to a lot of it us. Happens, and it happens yeah. and it happens to every single person that right. has ever experienced life. It's it's human nature exactly. for sure. And that's why, you know, the great ones in sports, it's, it's, it's actually special to see because they're the ones that, you know, really are comfortable but choose not to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, they, have, they have like a Tom Brady. <laughs> like a Tom Brady, like a Peyton Man. Anybody that's great in sports, you'll, you'll see that. So it's it's and then you know you guys will see that Tyrod is one of those guys from what I've heard from you know the you know friends of mine that played with him or trained with him. So with that being said, about all the QB controversy and you know the situation going on, what do you guys think is the likely outcome for the Bills this this season? Do you see them being a playoff team? Do you see them you know being an eight and eight team, or do you see them being an under five hundred team and you know getting a good draft pick? I'm just gonna say it right now. Uh, I don't think they're making the playoffs. As a matter of fact, I don't even think they're a 500 team. Wow, I don't. The AFC is wide open, eh? Just it like, is. It's four and three is pretty much six wild card right now. I mean, they're still in there. They got some life. Yeah, I, I could imagine that. I just they've always had this. I don't know what it is. They've every year they've always seemed to find a way to underachieve. But new new leadership this year, though. New. I know it's not. It's, it seems like the same old Buffalo Bills, but. No, They've had the, some bad losses. From the though. guys like, they, they talk to, the culture has really changed around there. Well, here, I hope so. The I mean, if they if, if they clean up their penalties and don't beat themselves like they have been all year, right. like there's only been one time they've been outright beat, and that was by guess who, the Patriots. Right. So, like, well, are they better than these three teams? Are they better than the Jets? Are they better than the Raiders? And are they better than the Steelers? Because that's I, really who I they're think, competing with. I think with. all three of those teams have a chance to beat them out. You talking about for for uh, for the wild card? Yeah, you got to think about it. Right New now, New we England's don't know. In. I think know. I think all three we of those teams have a legitimate chance because, and I'll and I'll explain why. Every single one of those teams can put points on the board without beating themselves. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, that's that's fair. fair. That's fair. Every single one of those teams, I have not seen it, especially as as crazy as it sounds. 
Oakland looks like one of the most disciplined driven teams out of that whole bunch over everything I've seen. They, 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 when they make through a crazy they, turnaround. Exactly. When they, they make mistakes, when Oakland makes very, mistakes, yeah. they don't make mistakes because of dumb penalties or stupid. They make mistakes for going for it. Right. Right. right? Like that's kind of my opinion Jack about real, that. They're real, man. Yeah. Jack, they're they, real. And Derek Carr and just Amari Cooper, of yeah. course, a certain Khalil person. Mack. Don't forget Khalil <laughs> oh, Mack. Yeah. Yeah. Plug? Yeah. That's just my opinion. So, Chris. I think, think I think they got a pretty good shot, but it's it's still it's wide open in terms of that. It they got to find a way gotta, to win with Michael Vick. Sorry, I just I got to throw Pittsburgh that in there didn't win with Michael Vick. They didn't do yeah, nothing. They, they, won game, they won a game. They won a game with Michael Vick. La- Landry Jones finished that yeah. game off throwing. That was two all Landry. They got hurt. Vick was a train wreck. I don't care what any of you say. And now they got nothing. I mean, you look at those teams; they all got deficiencies. The Raiders take a lot of penalties, and Jack Del Rio, for as well as they're doing right now, their secondary is meh. He's notorious for giving up yards. They have one of the best run defense, one of the worst pass defenses. You look at the Steelers, they got injuries galore, no Le'Veon Bell. Defensively, can Ryan Chazier and company stay healthy as well to kind of keep up with it? I, I don't know. Bell, I mean, they're, they're an interesting team. This weekend's game against Oakland is huge for them because they're at home and it's got wild card implications already. And then you look at the Jets, injuries too. Ryan Fitzpatrick, can he can he keep up with that thumb? Do you really want Geno Smith in there? I kind of think they're hoping somebody will punch him in the mouth and knock him out so they can kind of <laughs> just keep going. Because when he's in there, you guys saw what it was on the weekend. It was, oh, my God. It was horrendous. All right. That guy. So it's more of a war of attrition, in my opinion, than it is and actually it, of them that's playing. That's a good they're, point. They're, they're Jets, that close. The Jets that's a good have point. a lot of injuries, to be honest with you. Yeah, a lot yeah, of, yeah, of DDD. Yeah, DDD. Uh, Brandon Marshall is dealing with a toe ankle. Eric Decker is dealing with a knee. Uh, Nick Mann goes day to day with a neck. That's and a big that's, one too. That's a big one. Revis is dealing with a groin. Chris Ivory, you know, he's always banged up just because of his running style. Marty, you know, they're dealing with a lot of injuries, and it's gonna it's gonna remain to be seen how how they're gonna recover from that. And that team, when you have injuries like that, the next man has to step up. Absolutely. And with that, that concludes this week's TOT cast. I am your host, Ryan Greco, and along with our co-host, Chris O'Kranitz, and, of course, our special guest co-host, Natea J. Natea, thank you so much for coming on this week. Absolutely. It was a pleasure, and I look forward to doing this more often, guys. And uh, with that, always be sure to hit us up on Twitter at Tip of the Tower. You can also reach me personally on Twitter at Ryan Greco 416 You can also always reach Chris at Chris O'Kranitz on Twitter. Natea, what is a, what is the Twitter handle they can reach out to you with? You reach me at tey eleven underscore. That's once again tey eleven underscore. And with that, always be sure to like our Facebook page, Tip of the Tower. Thank you all very much for tuning in and listening to our cast this week. We will see you next week. Have a great night. What a time to be alive. Dab dab 